Oh man, I gotta go to work. Wouldn't it be great if everything in our lives was filled with passion and drive? With a sense of mission, purpose, shlichos? Maybe again. Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversation by regular people and for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Hey, Consciously, welcome back. It's Menachem Poznanski. Thanks for joining us. So it's really nice when your job is your passion and when you're passionate about your job, but sometimes it's hard to manage both of those things at the same time. Like, like it's really nice to feel passionate, but sometimes I'm not feeling like it. If it's a job, I got to do it. And then other times... I'm feeling passionate, but then when I do it as a job, it kind of takes away from the intensity and the wonderfulness of it. But before we get to that topic, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review. Share us with your friends and join us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, The Light Revealed, Menachem Puzz, Consciously 62. But The Light Revealed, The Light Revealed. It's great. Uh, We're putting out great content. I'm putting out a series that's um, kind of prep for Yudtes Kislev, the 19th of Kislev, which is the Chag Hagaula of the Alta Rebbe of Chabad, the original Rebbe of Chabad when he got out of jail. Uh, it's a really, really, we've talked about it. There's an episode on the podcast about it earlier, I think two actually. But I'm really excited about the content we're putting out there, so go check it out. Also, I have books, uh, Stepping Out of the Abyss, A Jewish Guide to the Twelve Steps, and Consciously Six Steps to Living Vibrantly with Our Creator. You can check that out, Jewish bookstores, Amazon, Mosaica Press website. Okay, so I was giving a talk. I was thinking about what I should say. And it was a talk to professionals, teachers. And the talk, we were kind of like wanted to focus in on our sense of missionhood and passion in our work and feeling really good about the privileges we have as people to do awesome things. Now, I just want to start off by saying, if you're listening to this and you feel like, well, that's nice for teachers and social workers to do nice things, but I don't, you know, feel like I'm doing nice things at my work. So first of all, it's probably not true. Um, Most jobs have many aspects that relate to missionhood and passion. Uh, Most jobs are helping somebody, providing for somebody, producing for someone else and for yourself. Uh, and for your family, but even if we're not talking about your employment, you know, even like your responsibilities in your ma- in your family life or in your friendship circles, right? we all have aspects of our life that we feel passionate about, but also we have the responsibility to show up for. So part of the question I was thinking about was how do you balance those things? Like what's the difference between my missionhood and my job? Because the goal is if I really want to have a measure of stability and sustainability in my growth and in my dedication to my job and kind of showing up on a day-to-day basis, I'm going to want to find a space or find a frame of reference with which to see my sense of missionhood and my sense of responsibility. But then I was thinking about it and it dawned on me that maybe the problem is actually a solution. You know, there's a, there's a powerful frame that you see in the teachings of the Lubavitch Rebbe where he'll present a problem and you're kind of wondering like, how is he going to get around this problem? And then he goes to show you how the problem itself is the solution. So how that plays out over here is that the problem that we have is sometimes we feel really good 
at certain points or really kind of passionate and intensely driven at certain points or at certain certain aspects of our jobs or our life responsibilities or life opportunities might say and then other times we feel kind of like very responsible like we don't really have a choice like we have to like there are aspects of our of our lives that we get to do and then there are aspects of our lives that we have to do and how am i supposed to balance those two things and then it dawned on me that that's the solution is to be able to kind of be mindful of the fact that i should i should and i could and i get to feel really good about the aspects of my life and and the aspects of certain components of my life let's like my job that i love doing and those are things i get to do but then within each detail of my life with each component of my life and then even within my life on the whole there are things that i don't want to and those are things that i have to do that i need to do and that when i begin to recognize that i can start to feel really good i can start to feel driven i can fi- start to feel a sense of satisfaction over the things that i show up for and then feel really grateful about all the things that i love to do and that i get to do and that part of perhaps living a life of spiritual fulfillment entails taking the time to recognize where i'm showing up for my life because i have to because i'm supposed to and where i'm showing up up for my life because i get to and the realization that that can be true in the same situation like different aspects of a particular job or different aspects of a particular relationship and maybe that's not such a bad thing cuz maybe that reflects the frame of ahava and yira of love and fear or chesed and gvura kindness and discipline that kind of plays out in the teachings of Hasidus that really we require as Azar puts it both of those wings in order for us to fly the ability to show up where we have to and the ability to really lean in cuz we get to and then and this is even cooler i was at the ohel last uh, sunday with tani and i always after i go into the ohel i always sit outside like in the front room where the rebbe's um there's like a a big screen tv and usually playing like a sikha of some sorts or sometimes some nagunim like a from a farbrengen and i always pay attention there um to what the rebbe says i i i'm not ascribing any type of mystical necessarily on a podcast admitting to you that i do but i'm not saying that i do um significance any mystical significance to what the rebbe says on the tv screen to my life but nonetheless i'm paying attention and i have some measure of belief and faith that hashkacha that god's hashkacha brings me to hear certain messages for certain reasons and this came true so i was sitting on friday i wasn't sure about that i didn't i didn't understand this until until i was preparing this talk and this idea kind of popped into my head and then i understood why i had heard that thing at the ol last sunday so anyway the rebbe was talking about the nature of shlichus and he he asked an interesting question because there's an idea in Judaism that shlucho kemoso that a, a shliach a messenger is an extension of the one who sends them now it's important to realize as the rebbe points out that when we say that in the torah when it says shlucho kemoso the messenger is like the one who sent them it doesn't mean like the messenger is is 
like representing the one who sent them, but rather that the messenger is literally like the person, which is why in Jewish law, for example, like theoretically speaking, a person could get married through a messenger and a person can even get divorced through a messenger. Someone could empower someone else to be their messenger, to stand in their stead, and that has the effect that it's as if the person themselves is there. So the reason why the Rebbe was talking about that was because he was discussing the way in which his father-in-law, the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, had sent Hasidim, Shluchim, into the, behind the Iron Curtain, right, into Russia, endangering their lives in order to bring things like Jewish schools and mikvahs, etc., etc., kosher food, into the Soviet Union, even though that placed their lives at risk. I mean, in the beginning phases, like literally, physically at risk, uh, and there were even stories of Hasidim that were you know, murdered by the communists. So how could he do that if... Um, it, he, you know, a person has the prerogative to perhaps put themselves in danger in the interests of certain um, things that reflect a continuance of Torah or saving the Jewish life, etc., etc. But a person doesn't have the response, the ability to impose that mesiras nefesh on anybody else. That's in halacha, apparently. So. The Rebbe wanted to know how could the Friedrich Rebbe do that, and then the Rebbe was talking about the nature of or the relationship between a shliach and his Rebbe, right? And how in halacha a shliach is kemoso, is standing there in in place of the person who sent them, and therefore, at least on a spiritual level, it wasn't really a halachic discussion. I didn't take it that way, and I don't understand the ins and outs in it. But at least on a spiritual level, right? that the, for the Friedrich Rebbe, his shluchim were literally an extension of himself. And I think they, the sicha related to the recent uh, conference of shluchim that, ha- that took place and the historical conference of shluchim that took place in past years. And the Rebbe was discussing the interrelationship between him, himself, and his shluchim that are all over the world. And how the shliach is shlucho komoso. It's literally there as a representative of himself. Now, interestingly enough, when I, I didn't mention this in my talk, but the Rebbe discussed an interesting thing because he talked about the way in which the shliach doesn't lose their personal identity, even though they stand in the place of the other person as if they're an extension of the other person. Right? There's an interesting frame in halacha, right, where the person is both representing the, the the one who sent them, the messenger, and also themselves. Right? And the Rebbe was highlighting in some way. Is the interesting leadership style that he executed with all of his shluchim, where a shliach is sent out, and he's really given a lot of latitude to execute his mission, his chabad house, in the way in which he feels appropriate. And you see this in other streams of Judaism, but it's really, really remarkable in the chabad stream of Judaism and as a leadership tool, right? That the Rebbe allowed the shluchim to kind of represent him, to speak for him. Uh, to represent Chabad without really taking on a lot of responsibility for managing what they did. And that's super risky. It's interesting, right? But the Rebbe talked about the way in which a true shliach is both an extension of the sender, but also their own independent person. I thought that was very interesting as relates like the idea of codependency, the idea of kind of letting go and allowing our children, allowing those who work for us, allowing people that we are responsible for to kind of, you know, have their own wings and fly. Anyways, what really struck me, though, is this idea of shlichus, this idea of missionhood, of being sent, being directed somewhere, and the way in which when we show up on a day-to-day basis, we, you know, who or what do we represent? Like, 
I was thinking about it this way. I show up on a day-to-day basis, I represent my ideals and the people that taught those ideals to me, right? So as their shliach, so to speak, I am the embodiment of those people and those principles. But then in addition to that, there's more than that. I represent my culture, my community, my society. I represent uh, the families of the people that I serve. Let's say if I was in a psychotherapy context, I represent the organization that I'm that I that I serve, right? And by that extension, the board and the administration. I represent, even to a large degree, my clients, right, who come to speak with me. I. I am there in order to provide a service, to provide support, to provide help, to help them move from one point to the other. And I think this relates to anybody, a lawyer, a doctor, uh, an accountant, you know, even, uh, you know, anybody, anybody kind of in any field, any, for sure, any service related field, but really, I think any field at all is representing so many people in so many things. And when we are in that position of representing, of missionhood, of shlichus, we are the embodiment of those people and those ideals. So while we are still ourselves, we also embody those things and people. We represent them. We carry their power. We are chariots. We are Merkava for who they are. And, and what's most powerful is that we represent God. We are God's representatives here in order to effectuate and to create change and to create goodness in this world. And therefore, as such, we are the embodiment, we are the shliach of Hashem. And that like, got me really thinking, because if I start to think about the ways in which or the aspects of my job, my relationships, my life, that I feel a sense of missionhood over, I can kind of begin to realize the degree to which when I am in that space of missionhood, I am embodying, representing a lot of things, a lot of people, most importantly, God. And that can fill my heart with tremendous satisfaction, passion, enjoyment. I can start to really feel good about what I'm doing. But you see, when I don't acknowledge the fact that there are aspects of what I do that I do because I have to, and not because I get to, then I don't get to do the parts of my job that I get to because I get to because I associate everything as a mixture of have to and get to. But if I can begin to differentiate as an exercise, this is what I thought, if I can begin to differentiate between what I have to do or the aspects of my of a, aspects of aspects or components of my life that I have to do from those aspects that I get to do, I can begin to realize, experience, and manifest the missionhood that I represent in my life. So there are parts of being a parent that are really, really, you know, difficult and annoying. Kids are people. People kind of stink sometimes. But there are other aspects of parenthood that are incredibly enriching and wonderful and amazing. So if I can differentiate those two and realize that sometimes I'm showing up because I have to, yira, gvura, and sometimes I'm showing up because I love to, ahava, chesed, then I can start to feel that. But even more so, 
this is the idea I was thinking about. If I once I realize the aspects of my life that are grur, that are chesed and ava that I'm doing because I get to do, I can also take account of the way in which when I am doing them from a place of passion, missionhood, and shlichus, to realize that as a shliach, I am the manifestation, the embodiment of the thing that sends me to do that. So let's say as a parent, I'm the embodiment of my parents, my in-laws, my parents, my ancestors, everyone that came before me that's, that's, you know, that's sacrificed for the work, their kids to perpetuate the Jewish people and to carry on and to advance the human society. And by me being a parent, I am embodying them. But even more so, I'm embodying the entire culture that I live around, the society that I'm around, because I am representing society in order to give and enrich these kids. And then even more so, I am representing the ideals that are important to me, my beliefs. And then even more so, I'm representing God in specifically those areas. Now, the reason I differentiate that is obviously even in the areas that I have to, I'm also representing because I have to do it. But in those areas, it's hard to connect with those things. It's hard to feel those things. This reflection that I want to share with you today has to do with like what's feasibly in our reach to connect with. If we drop trying to feel like I get to do everything in my life and connect with the aspects of my life that I get to do, then in those aspects that I get to do, I also get to feel like a shliach of all those powerful things. And then I fill my life with tremendous meaning. Like, it's almost like, of course I'm going to do the stuff I have to do because then that opens the door for me to do the stuff that I get to do. It's really, really meaningful. It's like doubling down. And instead of it being a problem, because sometimes I have to and sometimes I get to, I start to realize that the have-tos lead to the get-tos, which then leads to the sense of responsibility and the sense of privilege that I get to represent who and what I get to represent. And then maybe, maybe, maybe my life starts to feel that much more amazing, meaningful, enriched, and wonderful. And I feel like we can all apply that to any area of our lives, our work, our home life, our family life, our, our, our personal relationships, our sibling lives. If for those in recovery, our, our recovery and our recovery relationships, there are so many areas of our lives that we want to feel like the entirety of them is a get-to kind of thing. But once we accept the have-to and then focus in on the get-to, it, they just become, you know, next level kind of stuff. And the real kicker, I think, I feel like I found to share with you a little bit of my personal experience is that when you accept that and lean into that, the have-tos become get-tos too. listening to the Consciously Podcast. Consciously is a project of The Living Room, which is a division of Our Place New York, and made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family, in memory of Tzipora Basravaro. The host of Consciously is Menachem Posnansky. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We sincerely welcome and appreciate your feedback, so please feel free to email us or on our Instagram and Facebook. Show.